right, good morning. Welcome to church, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, yeah, welcome to North Shore Alliance, back in the flesh. There's so many people here this morning. Normally at 9 a.m., it's just a few of us. <laughs> Thanks for getting up early to come. So we're really grateful to be here and to be leading you into worship today, to lead, lead you into the presence of God. Um, and this week when we were preparing, I just had uh, the Beatitudes on my heart. Um, so I'm going to start by reading that. So I just ask that you stand and, uh, for the call to worship, and then we'll, we'll pray as we get started. So this is from Matthew 5. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets, so for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And the line that sticks out to me this week is, uh, "Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God." And we come to God sometimes feeling deserving of love, and sometimes we feel undeserving, not worthy of His love. So wherever you are this morning, as you come to church. Uh, may you be reminded that the God Most High created you, that he loves you, and he wants to speak to you today. It's good. <laughs> so God, we come before you into your presence, and we thank you that you're always here when we need you. Lord, would you cleanse us this morning? Anything that we need to offer up to you and ask forgiveness for, may we bring it before you as we come into your presence. We ask for forgiveness. We thank you that there's nothing that we could do to make you love us more, that you've done all the work. Yeah, and so I just pray that you'd fill us with joy as we praise you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. For God so loved the world that he only son that whosoever believes will not perish they shall have eternal life I shall I shall hold to God alone for his love has salvaged thee for his love has set me free for God so long 
Yeah. 
From you are all things, and to you are all things. We thank you for the beautiful place that we live. We thank you that you have handcrafted everything in creation. And God, we see you in creation. We see you in all the things that we can't understand, things that are bigger than us. We thank you for that your hand is moving in creation. It's moving in us as well.
take a seat. Would you join me in prayer? I'll pause a few times during the prayer and say, in your mercy. And I invite you to respond by saying, hear our prayers. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's take a moment to be still before the Lord. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we bless your name, for you are the God who saves. As we enter into this holy week and journey to the cross, open up our eyes to see the love and mercy of Jesus. And as we look inside the empty tomb, may your power and hope awaken our hearts. Lord. In your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, I want to pray for our church outreach ministries this morning, specifically the ESL Bible study class. May you continue to encourage and equip Pastor Ebby and the team with all that they need to love new Canadians well, that deep friendships would be made, and that Jesus would be lifted up in their midst. And would you continue to fill us with your compassion that we may shine the love of Christ on the North Shore. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, I lift up those among us who are ill. I pray for those who have recently received an unexpected diagnosis, for those who have cancer, and for those who suffer from chronic illness. I pray for healing for Pierre. We pray for healing for Melanie. Pray for the comfort and peace of Jesus to surround them. I invite you to take a moment to speak the name of someone you are praying for, for healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, we continue to pray for Ukraine and the millions who have been displaced because of the war. We pray for those living in fear and for those who are anxious for their lives and for their loved ones. We pray for a peaceful resolution and for the war to cease. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We're going to move now into a time of confession. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Take a moment to review your week and ask God for his forgiveness and receive his grace. Now I invite you to stand with me and let's pray this prayer of confession together. 
Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. You may be seated. Today is preteen serve, so thank you preteens, grade five, six, and seven students for serving today during our service. It's also Palm Sunday. You notice we have a few of Mary Louise Sawyer's well-manicured palms here out on the stage today as we remember Palm Sunday. The message won't be on Palm Sunday today. It's the message in 1 John, but the message of Palm Sunday is that Jesus is a very different kind of king than you expect. A week later, after he's welcomed into town, he's crucified on a Roman cross. And Jesus is a very different kind of king. And he, that's, that's part of what draws us to him in a powerful way. So my name is Dave Sattler, and I'm one of the pastors here at North Shore Alliance Church. I want to say thank you for joining us today. And I want to also say we are so blessed by your faithfulness to Jesus and by your commitment to his church over these past two years. As one of the pastors here, I want to say thank you for sticking with us. It's also been great to welcome many newcomers to our church community during COVID. And together with us long-timers, as we grow together in community, I'm excited to see what the Lord does in us, among us, and through us as his people in the coming days. I have to admit that I am feeling a little exposed today after Pastor Jeremy last week gave you all a grid for smoking out false teaching and false teachers. Of course, I had to be the first to preach a sermon after that. So today we continue our series, Abide, from the letter of 1 John. For the third time in his short letter, John turns to the subject of mutual love. How well we love each other is both the supreme test of how deep we are abiding in God and a primary way that God is made manifest among his people and in the world. It's apparent that the beloved disciple of Jesus, now Apostle John, envisions a church community so transformed by the love of God that love for one another becomes a natural byproduct. Fourth century theologian Jerome tells a story about the Apostle John. Retired, old and frail, unable to walk anymore, his disciples would carry John into the church gathering. And every Lord's Day, these were John's words to his beloved congregation. Little children love one another. Little children love one another. Little children love one another. Well, this went on week after week, month after month, until at last a little weary of this repeated message, his disciples asked him, Master, why do you always say this? 
Because, John replied, it is the Lord's command, and if this only is done, it is enough. Now, scholars really have no way of verifying this story, but it certainly sounds a lot like John, the author of the gospel and the letters of John. For John's writings are filled with exhortations for God's people to love one another. In fact, the phrase, love one another, appears 32 times in John's writings. So we come now to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 21. If you're at home, I invite you to pull it up on your Bibles. If you're here, you have a paper Bible you want to pull up, electronic Bible, it's also on the screen. I will read it for us now. John, 1 John chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, Since God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us. So that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for these ancient words that still preach powerfully today. For this is your way. Love one another. God, I ask that you would come now and move me out of the way and come and speak to us by your Spirit. God, would you challenge us today? Would you encourage us today? Would you help us to see ourselves for how we are at loving one another? And God, would you further equip us today through the message to love one another better? God, I ask that you would open our ears and hearts now to receive from you. We are hungry to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 7. Dear friends, Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Of true love, the God of the Christian story is both the source and prototype. 
God is the source. True love flows from our creator. Isn't this why we humans are drawn so deeply to love? It is in God's very nature to love, and true love is best demonstrated by God himself. In Jesus, God delivers the prototype for all loves. But note the text. It says, God is love, not love is God. And careful we must be, for love itself can easily become an idol that we bow to. I think of our fixation with being or falling in love. Not that that impulse is entirely wrong, but if it becomes all-consuming, or my primary drive to find identity and fulfillment, and I'm willing to compromise my values for a taste of such human love, this becomes a gigantic pitfall. Thus, it's vital we, cor- we get the correct definition of love here. Not to be confused with familial love or romantic love. On a different plane by far, the most talked about love in the Bible is agape love. Pure, willful, intentional, self-sacrificing love that only comes from God. This brand of love was most clearly displayed 2,000 years ago in an event that changed the world forever. The God of the universe loved our broken, sinful world so much he sent his son Jesus to earth. And this action forms the signature message of the Christian story, even when we couldn't earn it, and certainly never deserved it. God the Son, Jesus, came and bridged the relational gap between holy God and sinful us, and won our forgiveness through his loving, atoning sacrifice on the cross. God's motivation? Pure love for all humanity. That's why the Bible says in Romans 5 verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There is no greater gift of love possible than God's only son. In the ancient world, there existed a commonly held belief that you were only to offer love to those deemed worthy of your love. That notion still exists today. Incredibly, Jesus came to die for us, not because we are all that lovable, not because we are worthy, not because we are deserving of God's love. Like we sang earlier, all my shame was met by your mercy, Lord. So if God's love is the prototype for love, it's a radical, countercultural, and heavy picture of self-sacrifice, even death for another's good. John goes on in verse 11, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So God's love in Jesus provides the impetus for us and our love for others. Pastor and theologian John Stott says, no one has been to the cross and has seen God's immeasurable and unmerited love displayed there And no one who's done that can go back to a life of selfishness. So we move on to the second part of our passage, 13 through 16. I believe this statement kind of captures it. The Spirit enables us to love one another. 
The kind of love that John's calling Christ's followers to live out is not something we can muster up somehow on our own strength, which begs some questions. Can non-Christians love in the same way? What's unique about Christ-like love? Isn't all love love from God? Well, glad you asked. In verses 15 and 16, John says, If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. And I believe that the Bible teaches that there is a unique kind of love that only Christ followers can live out in this world. Now, please do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying Christians are innately better than non-Christians. For even the Christ-like love of Christ followers, this side of eternity is never 100% pure. But there is an otherworldly love that comes from God and stands out amidst defeating the homeless, donating to charity, good karma, paying it forward, pop culture, love of today. What separates Christian love from worldly love is that Christian love relies on, solely depends on, and flows from God alone. Sadly, most Christians and churches have moved away from this. Perhaps as a reaction to our overly dogmatic past, many Christ followers have settled for simply doing nice things while failing to ever point people to Jesus. And we've ignored the indwelling spirit who wishes both to connect us personally with the Father's love and to enable us to impart the Father's love to other people. Well, the third part of this passage is verses 16 through 21. God's love drives out fear and hatred. Verse 16 and 17, John says this, Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Abiding in God's love gives us confidence in our standing before God. When we are assured of God's love for us, we cease to be afraid. Conversely, if we are not rooted in God's love, we can become fearful. Our heads on a swivel. We may fall prey to the voice of the enemy who says, God couldn't love you. When God finds out what you've done, you're in big trouble. If you walk into that church, God's going to smite you. It's as we learn to live in God's perfect love that fear no longer enslaves us. And truthfully, much of my life, this has been a battle for me. I'm very driven. I'm a rule follower. I long to be right, to get things right. I don't like correction. I'm afraid of punishment. And I'm incredibly needy of love. That's why in my later adult years, it's been so freeing to learn to abide more deeply, to rest in, to be assured by God's deep, deep love for me. Yes, God certainly still sees all my imperfections more than anyone. And God still loves me more than I could ever imagine. While this beautiful experience of God's love doesn't yet eradicate, it does calm my deepest fears. John knows the remedy for controversy and division in the church. Abide in God's love. With his final words of chapter 4, John applies a stern rebuke. Verse 20, 
Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. I'm pretty sure my mom used to throw that verse at me when my sister and I were fighting as a kid. You can just picture Pastor John poking around his church, asking some pointed questions. Are your hearts really full of love for one another? Then, why do you become cool when you discover faults in other people that bother you? Why do you distance yourself from people that annoy you? How do you treat people who are different from you? And why is it that I see you sticking to yourself so often? And I think John would say, you, my friends, need to deal with these problems. Well, it's time to land the plane now with a few more life applications. I even found a little icon on the sermon note with a plane. Did you see that? That took about 10 minutes to get it in there. First point of application today. It's on living in God's incredible love for us. To summarize what the God of the Christian story offers to all humanity, or what it means to be a Christian, if I were boiled down to the fewest possible English words, 1 John 4, 19 might cover it. We love because he first loved us. Five years ago, when my daughter Kyla married her husband Adam, she painted this verse, framed it, and placed it on stage here on their wedding day. I brought it. She borrowed, offered it to me today, and I brought it. It's right here by the communion table. It's a great verse to build your life and to build your marriage around. And I borrow from my charge to Kyla and Adam that special day. I was able to walk my daughter down the aisle, and then I turned to the pastor of their wedding ceremony, which was really wonderful. Here's an excerpt from my sermon that day. Kyla and Adam, in order for you to love each other well, you need to have first given your hearts away to Jesus. For the love of Jesus perseveres like no other. Root yourself deeply in it. Let his love flow through you freely to each other. As humans, we've been designed, hardwired for love. To receive it, we need it. And to give it. We need to do that too. Problem is, when we don't know that we're loved by God and invited to live in God's incredible love for us, we are prone to try and take or suck love from whenever, wherever we can find it, often from all the wrong sources and places. We may even catch ourselves on a precarious quest to find love through our success and accomplishments or through sex and relationships. And we become a drain, even a danger, on self and others. Much is made in our world these days about self-care, loving self, self-love. Yet, the Christian story begins and ends with God's love. We are called to embrace God's love. And it's God's love offered freely to us that forms the foundation of our lives. Known as the disciple whom Jesus loved, John's life was built on this. And we too are invited to experience God's love and to root ourselves firmly in it. And as we do, we will find that God's love can carry us through all of life's ups and downs and on into eternity.
Second application point I'd like to make today is on loving and being loved by people close to us. Perhaps the biggest test of how deep God's love has penetrated our lives is how we treat people closest to us. Family members we live with, colleagues with whom we share an office, fellow congregants in church, teammates, classmates we have to deal with day after day after day can be some of the most difficult people to love. Why is this so? Perhaps because there's more at stake. There's more expectations in these relationships. Or maybe with the history and the time invested, there's also more baggage and more comprehensive data in the bank on those person's flaws. Regardless, there is a lot riding on our ability to love those closest to us. John suggests love is made complete among us when we love one another so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. And John goes on with this incredible declaration, when we love one another in this world, we are like Jesus. How well we love others prepares the people of God for Christ's return. And as Christ followers, we get to mirror, represent, even be like Jesus to other people. In this way, loving one another is extremely important work and a massive privilege. A primary avenue by which we experience God and his love is through the body of Christ, the church, in all its mess and beauty. So how can we more readily receive God's love through his people? I say certainly this goes against our Lone Ranger ideas about Christ following. I'm self-sufficient. I'm not needy. I don't need help from no one. I can do it myself. Yet, yet, there have been countless times in my life When a Christian friend has called me up, sent a message, prayed for me, showed up at my house with something I needed, given me a gift, or done something for me to embody God's love for me just when I needed it most. Sadly, many of our relationships have taken a hit during COVID, and it will take some time to rebuild. While we can experience God's love through online platforms and other people, there is still no substitute for being in the same room together. Some encouragement for you. Come early to church and talk to people. Stick around after church. Join a home group. Find a place to serve. Sign up for an event or ministry outside of Sunday services. Yes, it requires effort and some risk to make an investment in church relationships to put ourselves in closer proximity to others. But here's the point. Sometimes God's love feels distant. But when we allow ourselves to be loved in simple ways by other Christians, we can experience God's love supernaturally. Third and final application point. Do you know that when we involve ourselves in loving one another, this can make God visible among us. God has always called his people to love one another. In Deuteronomy 6, the Lord instructs Moses to call the Israelites both to love the Lord your God with all your heart and to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy. Then in Matthew 22, Jesus backs it up. 
He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In verse 12, John weighs in, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Us, us, us. In his writing, John so often uses the plural. When we love one another, Jesus shines through. And like Jeremy said weeks back in his sermon, when we abide in God's love, the unseen God becomes visible among us. It's remarkable. Ten years ago, Dave Ramsey walked into our church, homeless, broken, broke, struggling with mental health and addiction. And he found a home right here in our church, literally. He lived in his car in the church parking lot for over two years. Many of you had Ramo over for dinner, asked him to house sit for you, employed him as your gardener, befriended him, discipled him, helped him move, gave him a place to live from time to time. Four months ago, Ramo died. And last week, a few of us spent the day cleaning out the mess he left behind in our church bin at the top of the parking lot. It took over an hour to ferret to the back of the container through all the stuff Dave Ramsey had piled in there. Because Ramo was an extreme hoarder. He had a dark side. His health caused him to fly off the handle sometimes. He was stubborn. He was emotional. He struggled in personal relationships. At times, he was difficult to love. And loving him cost us. But it was totally worth it. While Ramo hurt me, I also saw God powerfully loving him through me, bringing healing and transformation through very little effort of my own, other than simply being there, showing interest, crying with him, praying with him, and pointing him to Jesus. It was glorious to watch. Collectively, we loved Dave Ramsey. He fit in here. And today, I know that Ramo is in eternity with Jesus as a result. Author Michael Paul says, this is the love that Jesus taught. This is the love Jesus lived all the way to the cross. This is love. Freely giving ourselves for others so that they might experience flourishing life together with us, even if we feel they don't deserve it, even when it hurts us to do so. For the early church, its ethnic, socioeconomic, and class diversity made loving one another a tremendous challenge. For in the ancient world, people like this did not associate with each other. Then, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, Something supernatural took place. 
Christ's followers began to love one another beyond their divides. Jews and Gentiles, men and women, slaves and free people, rich and poor. Baffled, onlookers took notice. See how they love one another. Most historians point to this factor. How the early Christians loved one another. As a primary reason, the church grew and spread from a small gathering in Jerusalem all the way to the capital of the Roman Empire. Christ's followers simply embodied a different kind of love for one another. A love that was foreign to the outside world, compelling and straight from the heart of Jesus. People of North Shore Alliance Church, may God grant us, too, the ability to truly love one another for the glory of Jesus and the transformation of many lives. Amen. We're going to move now to a time of the Lord's Supper. Hopefully you received a little package like this when you came in. If not, just give a wave and one of the ushers will bring that to you. Let's just pull the plastic part off at the top and we'll have the wafer ready. Not, don't, don't eat it just yet. Jesus brought his disciples together for a special meal. It was a meal to foreshadow what was to come and it was a meal that is to be, has, was to be replicated for 2,000 years by the people of God when they came together. It's a meal of love. It's bread that reminds us that Christ's body was broken and given for us. My sin was great. His love was greater. It's the blood of Christ shed for us for the forgiveness of sins. Let's begin by taking the wafer. I'd just like everybody to hold it up like this. I'd like you to look around and say to someone beside you, this is the body of Christ broken for you. It's the body of Christ broken for you. Let's eat together. Now we're just going to open the cup together. Careful. We're going to hold that up too. Just look up. And look around. I want to encourage you to turn to someone beside you or around you and say, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. Your sins are forgiven. It's the blood of Christ shed for you. Your sins are forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand to respond in worship. Spoke your name into the 
just want to say thank you to the worship team today and uh, for, yeah, it's our volunteer worship team doing a great job. Adam, your guitar ministered to me today. Thank you. People of North Shore Alliance Church, just open your arms and heart to the Lord for, to receive the blessing. People of North Shore Alliance Church, may you love others well. Because Jesus first loved you. Amen and amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning, NSA family. I'm Pastor Jeremy, and I get to give some announcements for you today. Uh, the first thing I want to say is that today, at, when we close, uh, Kathy and Anne will be available, available for prayer. So if you'd like prayer for anything, if you've got any health issues and you'd like someone to lift you up in prayer, that's the way to do it. Uh, if you would like to be filled with the love of Jesus more fully, come and receive some prayer. Um, it's the way to have that happen, and I encourage you to do that stuff. So a few things to talk about first is that um, we have an offering we're not passing baskets just yet. We'll get to that point. Uh, we're still giving online. We're so grateful for your giving. We're grateful for the way you've supported our church. Um, and these are the ways you can give. You can give online, by mail. You can give in person. Or you could make it automated if that's your thing. And uh, you can choose. Uh, Good Friday is this coming Friday. In case you realize, Easter is slipping up on us this year. Or if you've been fasting, maybe you can't wait for it to be over. Uh, and if that's the case, congratulations, you've almost made it. Good Friday, 10 a.m. this Friday. Uh, there will be children's programming if you're going to come with your family, so please come and join us for that service. And then Easter Sunday will be our normal 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. services next week. Our women's retreat is coming up in April on the 30th, and I think the early bird registration ends very soon. Is that right? Yes. Thank you, Ann. Early bird registration Say again? April 19th is the last chance to register early. Okay. And after that, you're a late register. That's, a, that's okay. All right. Excellent. Um, on, the, on April 22nd, we're having a creation care seminar led by our environmental justice group. And Professor Jonathan Wilson will be joining us that evening for a talk and some Q&A. So this looks like it'll be a great night together uh, to hear about how we love Jesus by loving the earth a little bit. And I think that's a good thing to do as well. All right, last thing to say. This is kind of fun. Um, I'm pleased to tell you all that just this past week... Oh, no, I've got one more thing to say. I've got two more things to say. Um, this is exciting. So um, our website has added a new tab. It's called Show and Tell. It's circled on the screen for you. And that's where we're keeping all of the fun little videos that Elliot has been making for us. So if you've not seen the 60-second announcements that Dave's been producing, those are great fun to watch, Dave and Brendan, and we're going to get the other staff based on their levels of comfort uh, to do this as well. Uh, and those are fun, but the, the, also the sermon summaries that Elliot puts together, and there's some wonderful content there. So if you want to find those things, it's an easy place, an easy container for all those things together. All right, I've not missed anything else on my list, by God's grace. I have some good news, and that is that just this past Friday, we signed a lease on a house in North Vancouver. 
so there's, there's a longer story to tell. I won't go into all the details now. It's in Lynn Valley. Um, it came kind of as expected, came through some connections. So there's connections from my old church and connections through NSA. Uh, and uh, amazingly enough, this is a house that Dave and Joanne almost moved into 14 years ago. So um, I think the Lord has had his hand over it, and he was just kind of hovering. And so now we get to go there. So it's really quite lovely um, to be able to finally land. It will be almost one year to the day uh, since we began living in suitcases, out of suitcases, not in suitcases. Um, that's a funny image. Uh, we... Uh, I, we can give more details as time comes. We will at some point need help, and we will create a list of the ways we could use help, and we'll do our best to communicate that to you all um, for the ways, because I, I know some people have expressed already a desire to assist us, and we'll try and, um, we'll try and be effectively responsive uh, to those desires. But thank you for praying with us. I told you I think there would be one house. Uh, there has been one house for us, and this is very clearly the place we're supposed to go. Uh, we feel the Lord's leading in his direction toward this stuff. So rejoice with us. Uh, we're really grateful the Lord has provided. And um, yeah, that's it. So bless you this morning. There are coffee and treats. Go eat and visit and love one another like Dave told you to. And Jesus more than Dave, but Dave also this morning. Bless you all.